0: Glad you're here. And I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm Randy Lanthrop. I'm the pastor here at Church of the Valley. I've been different places the last few weeks. We were in uh, Oklahoma for uh, three weeks ago. And then last week we were in Orangecrest for the preview service that the Orange Crest Church put on. That was great. I figured that was one of my only shots at being there, and it was great to be there. There were 73 people at the service, and um, less of us, so that's good. Um, several of us went out there. Some hold, hold the fort here. <laughs> Some went out to help, and there were less of us out there, and still about the same number of people. So guests are still coming to the new congregation, and you can continue to pray for them as they move forward and try to set out to do what God God's called them to do out there. Um we're we're starting a series of messages that uh you know what before we move on I want to pray. Would you pray with me? Father we thank you for this day. We thank you for your goodness to us, Lord. Um your, your grace and your mercy are amazing. And I pray that as, as we get into your word, that you'd speak to our hearts, that you'd open our ears and our hearts and our minds to hear what you're saying to us and to understand it, to be able to apply it. Father, we welcome your, your presence here. It's, you promised to be here in a special way as we gather and we welcome you and we honor you. I pray that as we get into uh, the heart of what we're talking about here in the scriptures, what you've said. Uh, that we would realize uh, the freedom that comes as we take steps to follow you, Lord. We ask for your help in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, when, when your insides are churning, it's very, very hard to enjoy any kind of circumstances that you're in, even the best of circumstances. I mean, we're, we're now full on into the holiday season. Uh, we've had our turkey and stuffing. Well, I didn't. I don't like turkey myself I had ham <laughs> but that's beside the point I do like stuffing though so I did have stuffing for a list of the rest of my menu that I ate I could see after worship but um, anyway it's it's Thanksgiving weekend we're we're now full on into the holiday season there's the pressure of the courier and Ives prints that you see the scenes that are painted in movies and on TV of just families getting together and enjoying it we have We have that ideal. We have the the idea of the way we'd like things to go and flow in our lives. And the thing is, even if your dreams are coming true and you find yourself in a scene that you've dreamed about and imagined for years and your insides are churning, you can't enjoy it. You can't enjoy even the ride getting there if there's turmoil going on. We're going to dig in over the next few weeks and look at what Scripture says about how to deal with inner turmoil God's way so that you can please Him and find peace. There's a definite path that He's laid out. And there's some, some passages of Scripture and the Word that, that He's given us some real help for doing this. There, there are at least three common things that disturb our souls. They cause this inner turmoil, the churning. To start, um, sometimes it comes out of relationships, conflict in relationships, disappointments, irritations, broken promises, sometimes from finances, money, having money, not having money, the lack of money, balancing the budget, keeping our head above water, job security or advancement. This economy is not, not a great place to be in, in terms of putting your hope in, in finances, Decisions is another one. They have a pressure all their own. Um, what if I blow it by making a bad decision? This is a big decision I've got going here. What if I mess up? What's going to happen then? Sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes decisions, I feel like they attack me. And I don't want to make the decision. I'm not really ready for this decision. I'd like to put it off, but I've, I've got to think about it. I, I need, to, need to do this well. These things, these kinds of things going on can churn your insides to the point where no matter what's going on on the outside, no matter what life is bringing your way, you can't really enjoy it. So how do I settle down? How do I settle down my insides and, and move forward in peace in a way that I can handle life that will please God and bring the peace that he offers Scripture gives us some very, very straightforward help and guidance here. First of all, locate your hope. Psalm forty-two, five. I like this verse. It's, God's used it to speak to me over the last couple of years. Um, just being some real encouragement. And I like it. One reason I like it is because the guy's talking to himself. You know, <laughs> I talk to myself. You probably talk to yourself. And He's he's saying something to himself that is important because he's telling himself the truth and he's he's trying to. We I I personally would like to just get up and and be able to just live the day without struggling internally. That is not reality on this side of heaven. That's just not reality. You get up and you got battles going on. And you need to learn to talk to yourself the right way. You need need to get God's word into your heart and life and then begin to sort of counsel yourself. There's another verse I read recently, Psalm 119.24. said, your statutes are my delight, they are my counselors. See, we find everything we need in the word of God to live life. There's counseling there, there's help there. And so as you go through it, one of the things God wants, I don't know if, you're, if you've are if you yet committed your life to Christ, but one of the things that will happen is if you do commit your life to Christ, then what God wants you to do is begin to soak in the Scriptures, His Word, and begin to allow them to speak to you. And then you tell them to yourself. So you can get yourself in the right frame of mind and get set to go about living life in a way that pleases God and brings His blessing. But anyway, I like this passage. Because it reminds me to tell myself the right things, to tell myself the truth. Why are you in despair, O my soul, and why have you become disturbed within me? The word despair is originally written in Hebrew. The word despair literally means to sink or depress. So it's a picture of depression. Why are you in depression, O my soul? Why are you down? Why are you bummed? And why have you become disturbed? That word means a loud sound. To be in great commotion or tumult. I mean, it's just, things are just, man, there's a racket going on inside. Why are you letting that happen? He's telling his soul, you're disturbed. What's the deal? Why is that? When that happens, he says, hope in God, which means to wait on him, to be patient don't focus on the trouble but focus on God take your take your focus off the trouble itself and focus on God for I shall again praise him for the help of his presence um, when when you get to the future that you're concerned about usually when I'm when things are churning inside with me if it has to do with the relationship'm I'm, I'm worried about whether the conflicts going to get settled I'm I'm tweaked because the person hasn't given me what I wanted them to give me, the acknowledgement, the encouragement. Instead, they were focused on their own stuff. They didn't give me what I want. Whatever it is, when you get to the future that you're concerned about, you're concerned about it going the way you want it to go. When you get there, God's going to be in the future. He's going to be right there with you. Hope in God, for I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. He's going to be there, and he wants to help. That's what he's telling himself. So when you're all worked up, and you're worried about how this is going to go, how it's going to turn out, things are just churning inside. Put your hope in God. Locate your hope in the right place. The opposite of locating your hope in God is putting your hope in yourself, which we do. We we go back to our old schemes, our old strategies. I read a verse this week in my quiet time, Proverbs 24.9. Schemes of folly are sin. It's not in your outline or your listening guide or on the screen. But made a simple statement. Schemes of folly are sin. That, that word folly in that passage is a veleth. It means the schemes to try to get your way, that's where sin comes from. And you get all churning inside. And you're going to locate your hope somewhere. If you locate it in yourself, you fall back into the old patterns, the old habits, the old ways of trying to get what you want. And that's sin. That that ruins things. That's That just churns more and more stuff on the inside. And the outside begins to match the inside as you fall back into that, that pattern. So the opposite of putting your hope in God is, but you're hoping yourself or what we saw on, on the last movie that we went to or the last show we saw on TV. Maybe something stirs your heart and you adopt that attitude, that idea, and you try it out. Mediated exper- experience, the media, mediated experience is very powerful. So we go through an experience with someone on a movie and we're waiting for the same thing to happen to us. We're not hoping in God. We're hoping in that picture that we saw to come out in our life, to work its way out. Maybe we put our hope in what a friend said, or in a self-help book, or a self-help personality. But we we locate our hope somewhere. The psalmist says, hope in God, for I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. He's going to help me. He's going to be there. I can trust him. To give me the help I need. You know, the ideas from these sources that I was listing there are not all bad. But if you hope in God, what you do is you filter these ideas and strategies through the Word of God. That is an expression of your hope in God, that you filter these things through the Word. You use this filter to sift the ideas, like a Brita pitcher. You, know, you put the water in it, it it sifts out all the impurities in the water and it tastes better on the other side that's that's what this is that, that if you're going to hope in God you put your hope in his word what he said you begin to live it out god here's what's going on in my life and i know what you said help help me to get in line with that i want to put my hope in you bible also gives good guidance in terms of who to listen to it's interesting we tend to listen to people we don't even know, but the Scripture says you need to pay attention to people you do know who are living life well. Hebrews 13.7 says uh, that we're to, we're to follow leaders, we're to look at the outcomes of their worry life and imitate their faith. So what you want to do is you want to find people who have good outcomes and listen to them. It's real practical guidance from the Word. Um, We need to adopt ideas and the foundation of our lives very carefully. So, for instance, if you're having struggles in a relationship, find people who relate well. They're they're enjoying the relationships, either marriage or parent-child relationships. If you need help in parenting, find parents who have done it well. There's a track record of success. And get help from them. Ask them, pull it out of them, drag it out of them. Proverbs says you really got to pull stuff out of wise people. You know, you get get time with them and ask them questions and try to find that out. But anyway, expression, we we locate our hope in God. And one of the practical ways you do that is you just filter everything through his word and you build your life on it. Next, we fix our mind. It says in scripture that we're to fix our mind on the right things. Many times our mind is locked in the turmoil, and we can't let it go like a bulldog, man. We're holding on, or it's holding on to us, one or the other. But things are churning, and we're locked on, and we're not going to let it go. Scripture says in Isaiah 26, 3, You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. The word stayed means to lean on or to take hold of, or to prop yourself against. That's what it means. Whose mind is stayed. You're leaning on Him. In fact, the way God's wired life to work now, uh, since the fall of man, since first man and woman decided to go their own way and that caused a separation from God, He's wired life now, the trouble and the turmoil, He intends that to bring us to the point where we rely on Him, not ourselves. He wants the frustration in life to bring us to him. That's the way he's put it together. So he keeps in perfect peace who, those whose mind has stayed on him because they trust in you. The word trust means to hide in something. You take refuge. When trouble comes, we pick a refuge. It's an old pattern. It's an old habit. Or someone that we seek refuge from the trouble in. You're counting on someone or something or some habit, something that's going on to get you through this. But God keeps in perfect peace those whose mind has stayed on him, they lean on him, and they trust in him, they go to him for refuge. And him alone. And the way it works is we're sort of like an umbrella, you know, as long as you're under the umbrella, the the rains, storms are going, you know, not, not really getting you all wet. But as soon as you get out from under the umbrella, you're exposed to the elements. Well, God's word and faith in him is like an umbrella. And he gives us the right to go life on our own. But as soon as you decide to do life your own way and not his way, you're out in the elements getting exposed and you get all wet and cold. And it's not very enjoyable. God will not rip you off. You don't need to fear what's going on. But as you walk in faith and as you you put your hope in him and try more and more to live on his word, as you soak it in and live it out, then you find the peace that he wants to bring. Here are some practical expressions of hope in God. First of all, make your request known. If If you're worked up inside, Scripture very clearly just says, let God know what's on your heart and on your mind, what you'd like to see him do. Have no anxiety about anything, but in everything, by prayer with and supplication, with thanksgiving. That's just prayer, talking to God, supplication, taking specific things to him. With thanksgiving, you know, when you get worried, it's good to break out a thank list. I heard about this a while back. And just have a thank list ready. Write down the things you're grateful for. You start getting worried. Right. Tell God, God, I am so glad. Thanks for the job I have. Thanks for this. Thanks for that. Just start breaking it out. It, it's impossible to be grateful and, and worried at the same time. And the 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 thanksgiving, the gratitude gets you to the right place to where you're wanting, wanting to cooperate with God. It really helps. But anyway... In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So you express your hope in God by making your requests known to him, not demands. You don't make your demands known to God. God, i got to have this. If I don't have this, I think I'm going to get sick and die. That's it. You know, sometimes we set ourselves up that way. It's got to go this way. If it doesn't go this way, I'm just going to fold. I'm going to crawl on the couch and watch TV for days and probably sleep. You watch golf, you take a nap. Golf's a good thing to take a nap by. Um, just wake up by the 18th hole, we'll find out who won. That's fine. So just crawl on the, on the couch and go comatose. If this doesn't happen, God, I got to have. So you, you don't make a demand, you make a request realizing that he knows, he knows what's going on and he knows what's best. best. But that's the way to peace. You express your hope in God by making a request to him, and then he brings the peace as you really learn to lean on and trust him. The way to peace is to let him know what's going on in the situation or, or just talk to him about it. He knows what's going on. And to thank him for the good in it and around it. Father, this is getting to me. This conflict, I can't take it. It Keeps happening. Would you help me sort it out? Would you help me? You know, sometimes I don't know about you, but in the middle of the conflict, I just need to ask for help. God, help me to know which end is up. Lord. Would you you help me to sort this out and do the right thing? And by the way, thank you for your faithfulness, your patience with me. Thank you for your grace, your kindness, your your mercy, your forgiveness. So you make the request and you add thanksgiving, and the peace comes. Lord, this is irritating. They always say this. They always do this. Tired of this. They're irritating me. But thank you for the fact that you use irritations for my good. Like sandpaper, you're trying to shape me and mold me. And God, help me to get past myself. Help me to show your love to them. Father, it would be great if they'd come through. It'd be great if they'd do what they asked, or they said they'd do what I asked them to do, and they agreed to. You know what? I don't have to have that. I don't have to have that for my well-being. Because you are everything I need, and I thank you for being there for me every time I need you. So, we make our requests known to God, we add thanksgiving, and His peace flows into our heart and life. That's, that's what that scripture is saying. Secondly, refuse a double mind. James 1, 5 through 8. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So what this passage is saying is that when you ask God for something, you ask God for help or wisdom, you've got to trust him to give it. Sometimes what we do is we ask God and then we have our fallback plan. Or sometimes we ask God for help and we just charge ahead doing things the way we've always done them. We don't try to adapt or adjust or fit into the way God wants things done. We're just asking him for help, but we're still doing things the way we've always done them. That's a double mind. When you ask God for help or wisdom, he wants you to be single-minded. He wants you to have an undivided heart to do things his way, to please him, to honor him, to live life in a way that brings his, his blessing and pleasure. A double mind means to have two spirits, to be two-spirited or to vacillate in opinion or purpose. So many times we ask God for help, but... We have this fallback plan, or we just charge ahead with the way we've always done it, and God's help won't be delivered that way. That's what that passage is telling you. Refuse a double mind. His help only comes to those who are single-minded and who trust him fully, leaning on him alone, not any of the other locations for hope. Third, put God's word into practice. So figure out, in the situation, what's God saying about this? If you're dealing with relationships, you, you think about what God says about that. Uh, James 1.25 says, But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. There's a new song out by Casting Crowns, a group I like to listen to, it says, God, help me not forget between the altar and the door what I've, what I've said I'd do. And, and we do that. Because God, God's blessing doesn't come to those who hear the word and then forget it. It comes to those who remember it in the moment of need. And as, they're, as you're dealing with things, you, you try to live it out. Now, we're not going to do that perfectly. We're going to mess up. And thankfully, God's grace and forgiveness is there when we do but we need to continue to look at the law, look at the scriptures, and remember to live it out. And as you do it, that's where you find blessing, well-being, peace. That's where you find the good life, is in living out God's word. This is a pure expression of hope in God. When you, when you do his word. If you're not trying to do his word in a situation, your hope's in the wrong location. Here's God's word concerning peace and relationship. This is how you live your hope in God when relationships are disturbing, which happens regularly. It's common. Let peace rule in your hearts. That's the first thing. Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful. There it is again. Be thankful. This really helps you get to the right place. So start rehearsing the things you're grateful for, you know with your husband, your wife, kids, parents, friends, boss, work, whatever it is. Start rehearsing the things that you're thankful for. It really helps get your brain on the right track. It helps you get your heart moving in the right direction. So be thankful. and then let the peace of Christ rule. The word rule really means umpire, referee. That's that's what it means. That was a Greek word that was used for a referee in the sporting events of the time. It could also mean arbiter or judge. You, know, you go to arbitration, you, know, you have a disagreement with someone, and somebody else is deciding what's going to be done, and you've decided to allow them to do that. Whatever they say goes. That's the idea in this passage. You let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. So whatever he says and whatever he wants, that's what you put yourself to doing. When there's a disturbance inside towards someone, you let him rule. And he's going to lead you to do the right thing. We were called to this as members of one body. This is a part of our calling. Once you commit your life to Christ, you're called to peace. It's a part of your new identity as you follow him. So when there's turmoil, we're to make every effort to live at peace. We've got to make the effort to, to live at peace with people. Romans 12, 18 says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now, I appreciate this passage because, first of all, it says, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, you need to do Everything you can do. You can't do everything. <laughs> you can't make peace happen. God's wired you with the will to decide, and he's wired other people with the will to decide. So everybody gets to decide whether or not this is going to work out. But you do everything you can to make peace with others. And after that, you have to trust God with the outcome. You set your heart, though, to do everything you can. If you haven't yet done everything you can do, that might be part of the reason your soul's disturbed. That might be a, a, a good clue as to fact that, man, I, I am upset on the inside. This is bothering me. Maybe I haven't done everything I need to do. Think about it. Take it to God and ask Him to show you. If you're the offender, the scripture says you need to take initiative. If you're the one that's caused the offense. If you're the offendee, The scripture says you need to take initiative. You need to make the effort to get it straightened out. Um, Basically, what God's saying there is don't play games. You ever play the I'm not going to make the first move this time game? I'm tired. You know, They always do that. They always say something like that. This conflict always happens. I have to crawl back and make it right. This time I'm not going to do it. Well, that, that grows out of pride and stubbornness and that's not God's way. Scripture says whoever first notices the problem, they're the ones who does what they do what they can to get it straightened out. Now, this isn't a peace at all costs. There are things you don't compromise or cave on. Integrity, truth. But it's peace within the right framework. The peace of Christ that he would live So this morning we've been talking about soul disturbance and looking at how to find hope. And I'd like you to take some time as we're wrapping up here to think through your next step. What is going to be your next step as a result of what God said this morning? We've got into his word, find out what he said. Do you need to relocate your hope? Have you been hoping in yourself or self-help book or something that doesn't line up with God's word? Have you, have you been trying to find solace in a friend or trying to get out of your relationship something that they really can't give? Only God can give. Do You need to relocate your hope in him and seek refuge in him, in God alone, not the normal path that you take to deal with turmoil. Or do you need to express your hope in God by letting peace rule in your heart, making the effort to, to, toward peace. What's God been saying? Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we wrap up. Father, we thank you for the truth we find in your word and for your patience in dealing with us, God. I am so grateful for the guidance we have, for the wisdom that's available. Help us to have a single mind.